We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Waiver Wire Rider podcast on Rotoviz Radio. I'm your host, Zachary Kruger, and today we're going to take a look at players who you should consider adding ahead of your week six fantasy football matchups. These suggestions are based off of PPR scoring, so be sure to adjust accordingly if you're playing in a different format or with different settings. And as always, you can reach out to me with any questions you may have on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. Throughout the course of the week, I will do my best to respond to any questions or direct messages you may send my way. In addition to that, the roster percentages that you will hear mentioned are taken from yahoo.com. So if you notice they listen, they, they differ slightly from your league, that is why. But for now, let's go ahead and get into the show. The first thing that is worth mentioning before we really get into everything is that we do currently have four teams that will be on bye for week six. This is the first slate of bye weeks that we're going to have to deal with, so we're just getting ready to buckle up here and kind of preparing now to tackle these upcoming bye weeks. We currently have the Atlanta Falcons and New Orleans Saints, the San Francisco 49ers, and the New York Jets on bye this week, so uh, a lot of key players there, some, some players who we're not looking forward to losing, you know, Alvin Kamara, Kyle Pitts. Uh, maybe uh, Calvin Ridley, obviously, the Falcons, Debo Samuels come on a big way. We've got some players we've got to replace here. Hopefully some of these recommendations can kind of help you through that, uh, not just week six, but even over the course of the next several weeks as we deal with several bye weeks. So um, let, let's see what we got here. Again, you can always reach out to me, but we do have four bye weeks to be mindful of as we get into the weeds for this set of games. As always, the first position that we look at is quarterback, and the first quarterback we're going to take a look at today is Carson Wentz of the Indianapolis Colts. Wentz is rostered in 14% of leagues. He and the Colts are coming off of a 31-25 Week 5 loss to the Baltimore Ravens. Now the Colts at 1-4 head into Houston looking to right their uh, their ship a little bit here and get off of this losing streak that they've now been on. And they'll hopefully do that against the Texans this upcoming week. In Week 5... 
Wentz was 25 for 35 passing for 402 yards and two touchdowns. He also added two carries for five yards, and he finished the day with 22.58 fantasy points. It was good for quarterback 10 overall. In short, Carson Wentz has not been great this season. Uh, prior to his Week 5 performance against the Ravens, Wentz hadn't gone for over 20 fantasy points, and he hasn't finished higher than quarterback 15 prior to Week 5. But he does have an interesting matchup against the Houston Texans in Week 6. Certainly, we know the Texans are not a great team. We know that they struggle in many facets of the game. But they have been somewhat competitive as well. Um, you know, they, they've kind of also given their opponents an opportunity to still throw against them, being that they have remained competitive in games, even if it's from the offensive side of the ball. Um, Houston is allowing 24.69 fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks over the last five games. On the year, Carson Wentz has been solid enough to be on the field. He hasn't necessarily been solid enough to win games. As we just mentioned, the Colts are 1-4 this year, but Wentz only has one interception on the season. To his seven touchdown passes, he has also lost two fumbles. I don't necessarily think that Wentz is going to uh, be, a, be a world beater in Week 6 against Houston Texans, but I think he can be good enough to get things done and, and be a nice spot start for you if you're looking to possibly put him in over either Matt Ryan or Jameis Winston. Maybe even if you had either Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance on your team and you're down a 49er this week, he could be an interesting slot there. So um, I do like Wentz this week against Houston. Houston has clearly been giving up fantasy points. We know that Wentz is capable of putting up big weeks when given the opportunity to. We've seen it in years past. He did have over 400 yards against the Ravens. That's not nothing. Uh, he only had two touchdowns to go with that. One of those was a 76-yard touchdown to Jonathan Taylor, which was literally on a screen pass. So it's kind of a... Uh, uh, a fake boost to his stats if I was to use a word for that uh, it, it, it's certainly not the most genuine of numbers in terms of how he went and got those 402 yards but nevertheless he did still have a very solid day I think Wentz can have another good week against the Texans if you're looking to fill a spot for him this week I'd be using just about 2% of fab on him he's not a player you're looking to, to hold for any extended period of time most likely but he is a nice flyer for week six against the Texans the next quarterback I'm going to mention is quarterback Teddy Bridgewater of the Denver Broncos. He is currently rostering 18% of leagues. He and the Broncos are coming off of a 27-19 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers as they now head into Week 6 against the Las Vegas Raiders. In this past game, Bridgewater was 24 of 38 passing for 288 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. He also did add one carry for 11 yards and finished the day with 19.62 fantasy points. That was good for quarterback 16 overall. Uh Bridgewater returned to action in this one after he suffered a concussion against the Ravens in week four. We weren't quite sure if he was going to play in this, but he did end up making his way to the field. On the season, Bridgewater has one top 12 finish to his name. He also has three top 24 finishes. Certainly, you're always looking for a quarterback who's going to get you close to that top 12 range, but I do believe that against the Raiders, Bridgewater can do that. He has been very solid for the Broncos overall this season. He, like Carson Wentz, also has seven touchdowns on the year with just one interception. The Raiders are interesting in that they're allowing 18.6 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks over these first five games, but two of those games came against Ben Roethlisberger and Justin Fields. Justin Fields most recently last week had 9.95 fantasy points. Uh, ben Roethlisberger a few weeks before that had 12.75 fantasy points. Neither of those quarterbacks are that great. Neither of them have been overly solid this season. Uh, Fields in particular has not even topped double-digit fantasy points. We all know about Big Ben's struggles and his inability to also stay healthy throughout this season. Um, the three quarterbacks who have gone for over 20 against the Raiders have allowed have have gone for 22.45 fantasy points or more. Those quarterbacks are Lamar Jackson, Jacoby Brissett, surprisingly, and also Justin Herbert. 
I don't necessarily think that Bridgewater is going to be any kind of elite performer this week against the Raiders, but I do think that we have seen quarterbacks play well against Vegas, and I think that uh, Bridgewater has been consistent when called upon. I think that he has um, a good chance to be in a competitive game. He threw 38 times in this last game against against the uh, the Steelers. You know, he's been solid when he's been asked to perform. I don't think he's going to be necessarily as great as what we might expect to have a Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert, but I also don't think he's going to be as bad as what we have seen out of Jacoby Brissett and Ben Roethlisberger against this team. If you're looking for a spot start, if someone like Carson Wentz is not available, I have no problem going with someone like Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's been at the very least reliable. Um, you know he's not going to turn the ball over that much, and I still think that he has enough talent around him, particularly right now with Cortland Sutton, uh, Tim Patrick, even though a fan, I think that all those players on top of the running game that they have can can support this quarterback, can support Bridgewater, and and help uh, Denver put up good points against a Vegas team that has been hurting over the last couple of weeks in more ways than one. But I do believe that Bridgewater will be a solid quarterback for this week. Maybe he won't necessarily get the 22.45 points or more that we saw out of the top-tier quarterbacks, but I also don't think he's going to give you those bottom-of-the-basement performances that we saw out of Roethlisberger and out of um, Justin Fields in the previous few weeks. The next position that we're going to take a look at is running back, and the first running back we're going to take a look at is Devontae Booker of the New York Giants. He is currently rostered in 6% of leagues. He and the Giants are coming off a 44-20 loss to the Dallas Cowboys. In week 6, they play host to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, This was a tough one to watch. Devontae Booker came in uh, to spell... Saquon Barkley after Barkley left with just a brutal looking ankle injury in the first quarter. He tripped over his own player. Booker ended up having a pretty big day because of it. He had 16 carries for 42 yards and one touchdown. He also had three catches for 16 yards and another score. He finished with 20.8 fantasy points. That was good for the RB15 overall on the week. Um, Booker, I think, is going to be probably one of the two most popular waiver wire ads. Uh, The other one we will get into shortly after this is he is my personal favorite ad for this week but right now Devonte booker he does look to be a very popular ad this week saquon barkley has been ruled out for at least the next several weeks we don't have a very clear timeline on him but obviously Devonte booker is probably going to be the guy to be filling the role for saquon while he is out and i think this is kind of going to be something similar to what we saw from wayne gallman in 2020 which was largely a performance that was buoyed by touchdown upside uh, Gallman only had one game of 2020 in which he had over 100 yards for scrimmage. And I kind of think this is what we could expect from Devontae Booker, who, despite the fact that he had 19 carries, he was not overly efficient with those. He only had 58 yards. I'm sorry, he had 19 touches total for 58 yards from scrimmage. He was really boosted by his two-touchdown performance, which provided more than half of his PPR production on the day. I think that Booker is going to have a good chance at being a solid player for a couple of fantasy weeks. I am not encouraged by the fact that he gets the Rams this week. Um, I know the next week after that, he he plays against the uh, Carolina Panthers. Panthers, that is a little bit more encouraging, but if you're going to add Booker, just realize that you're probably going to be starting him for touch upside alone, not necessarily because you think he's going to have the most efficient day against that Rams defensive front. It's also worth noting that Daniel Jones is in concussion protocol after the hit that he took in week five against Dallas. This offense could be hurting in a lot of ways. It's why I am not overly bullish on adding Booker, even though I can certainly understand why you'd be looking to based on the guaranteed touches alone or what we perceive to be guaranteed touches. I would personally be looking for about 20 to 25% of a fab bid on Booker. 
I'm not sure that that's going to be enough to win him in all of your leagues. You may have to be bidding closer to 35 to 40% when you factor in how desperate other people are in your league for for any kind of boost at their running back position. Booker may end up coming in at higher than the 20 to 25% bid. If you're one of those desperate players, certainly I understand your need to feel as if you have to go out and get him and bid higher on him. I have no problem with you doing that. I just wouldn't set the bar too high for what you expect out of him. Um, so for Booker, I'm going to say probably a 20 to 25% bid is what I would personally feel comfortable with. But it may take a 35 to 40% bid to win him, given that he is going to probably be playing for the next several weeks and that there are going to be desperate teams out there who may be willing to spend more than others. So um, depending on your situation, maybe you don't put forward such a bullish price on Booker. But if you really need him or you do just truly feel confident in him, then bid a little bit higher than my recommended 20 to 25% to ensure that you get him. The next running back we're going to take a look at is Kansas City Chiefs running back Daryl Williams. He is currently rostered in 19% of fantasy leagues. He and the Chiefs are coming off of a 38-20 loss to the Buffalo Bills. And in week six, they travel to Washington to take on the football team. In his game against the Bills... Williams had five carries to 27 yards. He was also targeted on five passes. He hauled in three catches for 18 yards and no touchdowns. He finished the week with 7.50 PPR, which is good for the running back 41 overall. And now Williams has a chance to step into an RB1 role with Clyde Edwards-Elair being declared out for the next several weeks due to a sprained MCL that he suffered against the Buffalo Bills. I'm higher on Daryl Williams compared to Devontae Booker for a few reasons. One, it's kind of the reason that we like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The offense that he plays in, we know it's one of the best offenses in the league. We know that it is a elite offensive talent that is capable of moving the ball down feed, field. And we have seen Daryl Williams perform adequately, I guess I would say, in this Chiefs offense. I don't necessarily think he's been the best player uh, when, when called upon, but he also hasn't been the worst. And the best part about that is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire certainly hasn't been the best player either. But we have no problem with taking him. We're starting him every week, most likely, unless we just have the, the best running back roster in fantasy football right now. We're starting Clyde Edwards-Elair. We should probably consider also starting Darrell Williams if we need him. Uh, on the season, he has 26 carries for 99 yards and two touchdowns. He has also caught 7 of 10 targets for 45 yards. I would be prioritizing him over Booker, uh, given what we know about his situation. The Chiefs, in the next couple of weeks, they play the Washington football team, the Tennessee Titans, the New York Giants, the Green Bay Packers, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Dallas Cowboys. None of these teams are particularly great defensively. And again, when you're on an offense like the Chiefs, sometimes it just doesn't matter. You're probably going to move the ball downfield enough and be put in positions to score. Um, the only thing that I know some people may be concerned about when it comes to Williams could be Jarek McKinnon. Um, he has not seen a lot of involvement early in the season. He did play on 27 snaps this past week against the Bill, but in, in that game, McKinnon's had only three opportunities. Uh, I would expect that to bump up just a little bit over this upcoming week, but I don't think it's going to be a case where Darrell Williams is going to be losing a significant number of touches to Jarek McKinnon. Uh, for McKinnon, um, you know, maybe add him if, if you feel like you Daryl Williams isn't going to be someone you're interested in bidding on. You're willing to take the cheaper flyer, but I would probably avoid McKinnon altogether. For Daryl Williams, I'd be looking to spend about 40 to 45% of fab on him. I think that CEH is going to be out truly for the next several weeks. I also think it's worth considering that CEH has not been excellent for the Chiefs this season. He's kind of just been an average player. I think that there's a chance that if Daryl Williams happens to look better than CEH has leading up to his injury, that Williams may not even necessarily fall back into 
quite the backup role that he had before um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire went down against the Bills. So I think I think Williams has upside in more ways than one. I think he may have a little bit more season-long upside, even if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire does come back, if Williams performs above expectations over these next several weeks when he is likely the RB1 in that backfield. So Daryl Williams... 40 to 45% fab. Really love his matchups. He gets the Washington football team and the Tennessee Titans over these next couple of weeks. I like Darrell Williams. He would be my top priority ad for this week. I know some people may also be curious to know why I didn't mention uh, Bears running back Khalil Herbert in this. I actually mentioned Khalil Herbert last week uh, as one of my super sleepers. So at, at the decision to not risk repeating players, I decided to forego mentioning Khalil Herbert in this. He did end up having a tremendous first week with the Bears. He didn't score but he did have 18 carries for 75 yards that was completely unexpected but I think it's something that we need to expect going forward where Khalil Herbert is going to be involved in this offense over the next several weeks while David Montgomery is out if you didn't add him for free this past week like I suggested doing I would probably be looking to spend about 10% of my fab on him so kind of a bonus for you guys this week if you're interested in Khalil Herbert I did mention him in episode four but he's going to be a little bit more this week. I'd be looking about a 10% fab bid on Khalil Herbert. Um, he's probably going to be another very popular player on the waiver wires this week, but I wouldn't go too crazy on him just yet. I think Damian Williams is still the back to own in that backfield right now. Herbert was just a cheaper option if you didn't want to necessarily spend up on Williams uh, last week. Colin Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over, the NFL season is here, and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Road of His NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools, and everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL Pass just by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
the first wide receiver who we're going to look at today is Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver McCole Hardman. Apologies to anybody who is tired of hearing about back-to-back Chiefs players, but I think McCole Hardman is worth mentioning. He is currently rostered in 43% of leagues. Again, he and the Chiefs are coming off of a 30-20 loss to the Buffalo Bills in Week 6 against the football team. Hardman had one of his best performances of the season. In Week 5 against the Bills, he saw a season-high 12 targets. He hauled in 9 passes for 76 yards. He did not score, but he still finished with 16.6 fantasy points. That was good for the wide receiver 20 overall on the week. Hardman has, without a doubt, been Tyreek Hill's um, immediate backup. He has easily been the wide receiver two behind Tyreek Hill. He's been targeted 30 times over the course of the season. That's good for a 19% target share. Uh, but again, he was targeted 12 times in Kansas City's loss to Buffalo. Hardman's numbers on the season were certainly boosted by that past week, but even heading into the previous game, he was still averaging four and a half targets uh, per game. Uh, and while it's not an overly impressive number, the Chiefs' defense has not been great. Uh, we know that they've given up a lot of points. They're currently a 2-3 and three football team. Now with Clyde Edwards-Elair out, I think that there's even a chance that the Chiefs could lean a little bit more heavily on the passing game and possibly a little bit more heavily on McCole Hardman. Uh, Hardman, again, is only rostered 43% of leagues right now. On the season, he has 22 catches for 199 yards and one touchdown. Again, that is on 30 targets. The other thing that's worth mentioning, just briefly, is that Tyreek Hill, it was reported after the game, did suffer a knee injury against the Bills. Supposedly, he's fine and he should be good to go for Week 6 against Washington. But if he'll work to miss week six or any time for that matter, I feel pretty safe in saying that I think that McCole Hardman would be the next wide receiver in line to get a bump in targets if Tyreek Hill were to miss time. Uh, I thought also Hardman's performance was encouraging given the fact that this was the first week that he played with Josh Gordon. I know the Josh Gordon hype tends to be more hype than it actually is production, but even still, Josh Gordon was out on the field and McCole Hardman tremendously outproduced him. Gordon only saw, I think it was one target, which he turned into one catch for 11 yards. So um, yes, Josh Gordon will be strung along, but I don't think that he's an immediate threat to McCole Hardman's playing time, targets, or anything of that nature. I'd be looking to spend probably about 10% of fab on McCole Hardman in deeper leagues um, and, and more shallow leagues, probably about 6 to 7% fab on McCole Hardman. The next wide receiver we will look at is Detroit Lions wide receiver Amon Ra St. Brown. He is currently only rostered in 3% of Yahoo leagues. In week 5, he and the Lions lost to the Vikings 19-17. This coming week, they get the Cincinnati Bengals at home in Detroit. St. Brown is coming off a game in which he had 8 targets for a season-high 7 receptions for 65 yards and no touchdowns. He finished with 13.5 PPR on the week, good for the wide receiver 32 overall. Now... Amon Ross St. Brown could be stepping into a slightly bigger role given that the Lions appear to have lost Quintez Cephas for the remainder of the season due to a broken collarbone. Uh, other encouraging signs for St. Brown is that he's now had back-to-back weeks with eight targets. Again, he had a career-high seven receptions in Week 5 against the Vikings, and I would just expect him to see an overall uptick in targets and snaps, everything, heading into Week 6 against the Bengals and going forward um, And if Quintez Cephas is in fact out for the season. Surprisingly, St. Brown actually leads all Lions receivers in targets. He has 26 on the season, and he has a 14% target share. We know that they are not a very good pass-catching team. We know that the best pass catchers on the Lions are probably TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, and then some receiver after that. But St. Brown has still seen a decent number of targets at 26 with a 14% target share. And Quintus Cephas himself had seen 22 targets. So that's still a decent number of vacated targets that now are going to go elsewhere in this offense. I don't think that they can all just continuously go to DeAndre Swift and uh, 
TJ Hawkinson at some point in time. They have to start spreading the ball a little bit more around to wide receivers. I would say if you're desperate for a wide receiver three or a wide receiver four this week, Amon Ross St. Brown is a very nice option, especially against the Bengals. Um, he's a wide receiver on a bad team that should still continue to have to throw often to stay in games. So far this season, St. Brown has caught 19 passes for 178 yards and no touchdowns. Similar to McCole Hardman, I'm not necessarily looking to spend a lot of money to get St. Brown, but I think he's a nice player um, who could have a couple of decent weeks for you down the road. So I'd be looking at about a 3 to 4% fab bid on him. If you don't get him, it's probably not a big deal, but he could end up being a usable player for you down the stretch and one who you're happy to have slide into your lineup on a few different spots throughout the rest of the season. We're now going to take a look at the tight end position. The first tight end who I want to go over real quick is Cleveland Browns tight end David Njoku. He is currently rostered in just 3% of leagues. He and the Browns are coming off a 47-42 loss to the Chargers. In week 6, they get the Cardinals. And quite frankly, in this last game, David Njoku just went bonkers. He had 7 targets. He caught all 7 of those for 149 yards and 1 touchdown. He finishes the overall tight end 2 on the week with 27.9 PPR. And... As far as it goes going forward, I think that to some degree, this recommendation should come with a little bit of a warning label. Uh, we know they still have Harrison Bryant. We know that they still have uh, Austin Hooper, who they signed last season to a big deal in free agency. And Austin Hooper has really just kind of not been nearly what we expected to be when he went to the Browns. Uh, and Njoku has kind of been the unexpected pass catcher of this tight end group in the 2021 season. Uh, it is worth noting that last week against the Chargers, Hooper did out-snap Njoku, 52 snaps to 47 snaps, but Njoku saw every single target that that tight end saw that week for Cleveland. No other tight end was targeted in that offense in week five against the Chargers with the exception of David Njoku. We know that Njoku is an athletic freak. We know that he's a tremendous yak guy. We know that he is a, a just... A, an, an amazing player with the ball in his hands whenever he is targeted. Certainly it's taken him a little bit of time to come around to perhaps reaching that ceiling that we all envisioned for him when he was drafted by the Browns, but he kind of looks like someone who is finally coming into his own and officially being used now in this offense. Despite the fact that he was outsnapped by Austin Hooper, I think the fact that he saw seven targets to the rest of the tight end groups zero is a very encouraging sign going forward. And the fact that he did so well with those. Again, he had 149 yards and one touchdown. Um, I think he's a pretty safe ad, actually, heading into week six. The one concern I would have uh, for Njoku has actually nothing to do with the tight end position, but possibly the return of Jarvis Landry in week six. I think that may limit a little bit of Njoku's upside, but on the year, he has 14 catches for 260 yards and uh, one touchdown. He has 18 targets. All of those numbers lead Brown's tight end so far through the first five weeks. I'd be willing to bid a decent amount on him to get him in large because I think that if his elite upside hits, which we know he does have, I think he could be a very solid option. I'd be looking to do about a 10 to 11% fab bid on David and Joku. Uh, it's a little bit more bullish than I would usually like to get on tight ends. But again, I think he's just an athletic wonder. I think he plays in an offense that could use his services more if they choose to target him more. I think week five against the Chargers is just tremendous and we could expect more things. Maybe not quite that great, but certainly along those lines of five to six catches a game, 60 to 70 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's that's tight end one performance every single week. So I'd be willing to bid a little bit more on a joker to get him. I'd be looking at about a 10 to 11% fab bid on him. 
The next tight end we're going to get into is Jacksonville Jaguars tight end Dan Arnold. He is currently rostered in 4% of leagues. Arnold and the Jaguars are coming off a 37-19 loss to the Tennessee Titans. And in week 6, the Jaguars travel along with the Miami Dolphins to Miami, or I'm sorry, to London for a London game. It is the second London game the NFL has had this season. Uh, before that, last week it was the Falcons and the Jets in London. Now it's the Dolphins and the Jaguars. Um, apologies to anyone in London for sending you the Jaguars and the Dolphins at any point in time in the season, but that's what you get. That's the game. Uh, let's see what we can do about Dan Arnold in this game. Last week against the Tennessee Titans, Arnold had eight targets which he hauled in six of those for six receptions, 64 yards, and he had a lost fumble. Certainly, that limited his ceiling a little bit. He still finished with 10.4 PPR. That was a good for the tight end 10 overall, but he could have had a few more points than that had he not fumbled the ball against the Titans and lost that. But uh, I like Dan Arnold. He is a player who... I was very bullish on heading into the season when he was with the Carolina Panthers. He was someone who I was adding late in best ball drafts, hoping that I could maybe capture a few of those spike weeks. Um, this week would have been one of those weeks, you know, regardless, I think, of the fumble or not. He still finishes the tight end 10. He was he would have been certainly in your lineups and best ball rosters if you did have him. There's a good chance he was in there. Um, the Jaguars traded for Dan Arnold prior to week four, and already through the first two games that he has played for them, they have targeted him a total of 10 times. Uh, he's caught all 10 of those targets over the last two weeks he has 93 receiving yards and he is someone who I think is a legitimate downfield threat in this offense or in any offense for that matter last season with the Cardinals Arnold ranked 14th amongst tight end and total air yards and he's been someone who has been extremely efficient dating back to 2018 he has had 2.4 9.3 and 21.5 fantasy points over expectation so we know Dan Arnold is another player who is pretty good with the ball in his hand we also know that he can work downfield to um, get open and, and see those targets as well. Um, he could actually also be a better fit with the Jaguars, I think, than he was with the Panthers. The Jaguars have heavily tighted, targeted their tight ends through the first five weeks. Currently, the Jaguars have thrown 35 total passes to their tight ends at seven targets per game. We just saw Arnold get eight targets last week against the Titans. I think that he's... Um, a tight end who is is going to give us some of these double-digit performances going forward in this Jaguars offense. Kind of the same reason behind some of the reasons we draft Lions players. Uh, bad bad team looking to throw a lot to stay in games. Find people who are going to cast patches in that offense and hope that they end up having a couple decent weeks for you. If you are desperately in need of a tight end and if David Njoku is not available, Arnold is someone who I'd be very comfortable bidding on. I think you probably only need about 2 to 3% of fab to get him. He is not a player who I think is going to be on a lot of people's radars for a number of reasons. One, kind of a <laughs> easy name to overlook, Dan Arnold. Also, he's still a Jaguar and he's still a tight end. People aren't bidding a lot of money on those kind of guys. So, uh, Dan Arnold for my second tight end, a 2 to 3% fab if you are in need of them. Now we are going to get into the super sleeper segment of this show. The first super sleeper who I have is Rashad Bateman of the Baltimore Ravens. He is currently only rostered in 24% of leagues. Again, the Ravens are coming off a 31-25 win over the Colts. They get the Chargers in week six. Um, I apologize if this one feels like a little bit of a cop-out, but I truthfully did not expect to see Rashad Bateman only rostered in 24% of leagues. I thought more people... Um, across leagues were stashing him, knowing that he was eventually going to be back. He was expected to miss about the first four weeks of the season. 
Um, he did miss the first four weeks of the season. He's actually now missed the first five, but he has been practicing since back before week two when the Ravens were preparing to face the Broncos. So um, there was actually some thought that maybe he was going to suit up for this game against the Colts. He ended up not suiting up, but now this, the uh, the Ravens are also possibly without Sammy Watkins, who left week five against the Colts with what looked like a hamstring injury. So um, behind the Ravens or behind Marquise Brown, the Ravens do not have a lot of great receiver talent. We've seen some guys step up. James Prochet and Devin Duvernay have both been solid, but they certainly need more talent on that wide receiver core going forward. If Sammy Watkins is out, now looks like the perfect time to uh, give give Rashad Bateman his first action of the season. He's a first round draft pick of this year's 2021 class. Um, you know, uh, the, the Ravens need him. They, they, they drafted him because they need wide receiver talent. He's been practicing for two weeks. If he's healthy and ready to go, I think week six against the Chargers is when he will make his return. Even if he doesn't return in week six, he's definitely still worth the stash at this point in the season. Um, if you're going to be bidding on him, you're probably going to need to bid a little bit more than you would for some of these other wide receivers, just given the fact that his return is not a secret to everybody. Uh, but there's still only 24% of teams who have Bateman currently rostered. So I'd be doing a 8 to 10% fab on Bateman just to try to make sure I get him uh, in hopes that he is just another unexpected surprise of this Baltimore Ravens pass offense that has been tremendous to start the season. So Rashad Bateman, super sleeper number one. 8 to 10% fab to get him could provide a tremendous boost to your wide receiver core down the stretch. The next super sleeper we are going to take a look at is Indianapolis Colts running back Marlon Mack. He is currently only rostered in 9% of leagues. He and the Colts are coming off a 31 to 25 loss to the Ravens. They get the Houston Texans in week 6. In this past game against the Ravens, Mack had five carries for 47 yards. He also had two targets. He hauled in one of those for another seven yards. He had 6.4 fantasy points on the season on the week. Good for running back 45 overall. But the reason I have Mar- Marlon Mack as a sleeper is not because of the fact that he's on the Colts. Um, he could be he could be decent for the Colts. He could be a security option behind Jonathan Taylor. I don't think we should overlook that. But before I recorded, there was a story that had broken that the Chiefs may be interested in acquiring Marlon Mack via trade after the Chiefs lost Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the next several weeks. I think this is a very interesting development, one that we should be monitoring and one that we should also be getting ahead of. The time to add Marlon Mack is not going to be after uh, the Chiefs go out and get him in the trade. The time to add Marlon Mack is going to be now, if he's available, which he should be. He's available in 91% of leagues, roughly. Go out and add him now, see what happens. We know that the Chiefs do not have a lot of great depth behind them. Um, behind the behind Daryl Williams at the running back position, there's a very good chance that Marlon Mack ends up being a tremendous contributor for this team if they actually go out and acquire him. He's a thousand yard rusher. We know he has patches catching upside as well. And he has looked pretty good in his return from his Achilles injury. So far on the season, Mack has 20 carries for 85 yards. He's also caught two of far tar- of four targets for another eight yards. Um, I think that going out and getting Marlon Mack now and kind of getting ahead of these reports is what makes you know fantasy so fun i think it's a way that you can be ahead of the market get sharp get ahead of your league and go out and consider adding marlon mack just given that this is a rumor that i think should have some genuine legs to it if it doesn't come to fruition the worst case scenario is you have a backup behind jonathan taylor in the event that he goes down i think it would be mack who would see the majority of the touches not uh naheem hines so it's kind of a win-win to go out and get him but he could be a very good contributor for the chiefs if they were to actually go out and truly acquire him at some point this season and again 
again, kind of like Daryl Williams, who's to say that if they go out and get Marlon Mack, that Mack doesn't end up looking better than Clyde Edwards-Elair, and Mack holds on to a more substantial role going forward if he actually does become a chief and has a few solid weeks under his belt when uh, Clyde Edwards-Elair returns. So um, I'd be doing about a 5 to 6% bid on Marlon Mack. I don't think it'll take a lot to get him. Uh, the recent news may boost up his price tag a little bit, so you can certainly be as aggressive with that as you feel like you need to be but uh five percent bid still feels pretty safe again just because the chiefs acquire him doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be a player you're going to be happy you spent a lot of your fat budget on if you're a new listener and want to learn all about the amazing tools and articles over at Rotoviz, be sure to head over to rotaviz.com and subscribe to the website. New subscribers can save 10% at checkout by using promo code RVRADIO2021. And that is going to do it for today's episode of Waiver Wire Rider Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Rotoviz Radio wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave a review. That always helps us out as well. Once again, my name is Zachary Kruger. You can find or follow me on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. Thank you for tuning into today's show. And until next time, I wish you good luck and a good day. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.